0: Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat podcast presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode our security experts will explore pressing security news from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security.
1: Yeah. Hey everyone, this is Corey from the Secure Chat Podcast, and we are back for episode six of season two, and today we're going to switch things up. Uh, Sean's a little bit busy with project work, wasn't able to make it in for this podcast, so I'm joined by Derek. Derek, how are you doing today? Hey,
0: great. Thanks for the welcome. Uh, glad to fill in for uh, Sean, who's big time in on this episode. I know he's actually working on some, some pretty cool projects, but... Happy to uh, fill in as best I can and maybe offer a little bit of a different perspective on some of the things we see on the the account uh, man service teams.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Derek here is an account executive, so he's more client facing. You know, he works uh, with the clients day to day and he's able to offer a lot different of perspective than what Sean and I have. because Sean and I are more in the day to day of what's going on with the actual tech with the company where Derek has a good ear on what's going on more in the industry and can speak on, you know, kind of client demands as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm excited to um, share also that my recent trip out to Colorado, I saw Council Bluffs, and I know uh, you guys are, oh, yeah. are, are are grabbing as much market share as anyone right now in Council Bluffs, so hopefully I, <laughs> I'll add to that market share instead of taking it
1: away today. Yeah, Council Bluffs is keeping the lights on right now. <laughs> <laughs> So Derek, you kind of want to give us just a brief introduction of, you know, like what you do and on top of what you do, kind of just what you're seeing in the industry as well.
0: Yeah, great. So um, probably been here for about a year now at, at Arcon. I come from a background mainly in uh, started started actually on the trading floor where I, I was smart enough to see uh, that technology was taking over with day trading and algo trading and flash trading. So from there, you know, if you can't beat the computers, join them. That led me to a, a government VAR that did a lot of telecom business. Glad I'm not touching telecom anymore, but it was good to kind of learn how all these glass tubes interconnect um, to data centers, which was actually my last role uh, before coming to Archon. Um, layered in with security managed services. Uh, and really the, the, the thing that kind of spark went off was everybody was now leaving. Smartly or not, into the data center world. Uh, sorry, from the data center world to your Amazon's, Azure's, and Google cloud platforms. Um, so, from day to day, stuff I do is work with our clients. A lot of our clients, you know, have concerns and requests to make sure that you know they're keeping up to the technology. And a lot of the time, we're researching whether our technology needs to be refreshed or not. Uh, with the help of our product dev team. So I kind of bridge that gap for clients today here at Archon.
1: Nice, nice. So from a concern perspective, have have the concerns of the client changed pre-COVID versus post-COVID?
0: Yeah, there you go. Dropping the C word that we haven't heard on any (laughs) podcast (laughs) webinar or or, or marketing emails. 100%. I mean, it is what it is. But what what I think what's really cool about that is it's here to stay. So whether people were ready or not, um, we now are in it. And... It's forcing some tough realities for a lot of our our and you know IT administration teams and and the CISOs and IT directors and C-suite above them. Um, so that's where we're we're probably hearing the most uh, you know calls for help from clients to making sure that they're not forgetting something, missing something, deployed something incorrectly, because um, a lot of these things are getting rolled out pretty quickly and they are you know with speed. You do see a lot of uh, you know, mistakes being made, which is going to happen with human deployments. Um, so
1: yeah, when I was looking into this a little bit more, the uh, the one of the stats that like blew my mind was that ninety to ninety five percent of configurations in the cloud uh, have some type of vulnerability in them, or in some way, shape, or form, were, were done incorrectly. And it was kind of eye opening, but it also makes a little bit of sense that when COVID hit and everybody had to go work from home. The rate at which you had to pump out some of these uh, configurations with new technology was quicker than we've ever seen before because everyone was on their back heels just yeah. trying to get everything compl- or compliant, but more than compliant, just kind of safe in general. And when you go back and look at some of that work, you can see that there has been some misconfiguration. I didn't know it was 90 to 95 percent, though.
0: Yeah. And, and you've actually that's one thing we've seen trending um, greatly amongst a lot of our customer bases uh, with speed, which for, for very good reason, people are. You know, rapidly, you know, closing up holes in their security posture. Uh, with the increase of speed and acceleration, you're you're also having a, a direct correlated increase with misconfigurations. A lot of that's human related. Uh, what what used to be you know something that was hands on in the data center is now a script that might have missed something small here or there. And those errors compile uh, over time. And if you don't have a, an efficient way of going back and then doing an audit measuring measuring everything that was in place you're not going to catch some of those areas that could cost you, you know, a lot of heartache in the future
1: so like from your perspective are you seeing uh from the client side them coming to you and talking to you about misconfigurations or is that something more that you're taking to them and talking to them about
0: we're seeing a lot of times the results of the misconfiguration. so although they all kind of fall into the bucket of um human error just something that was overlooked or, or just oh yeah i forgot to you know update that one little line of code mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing the actual results of how those things can actually impact the business um uh, take take an outage when an outage does you know in, in the middle of the day for instance stuff like that is uh, business impacting that is causing you know one small thing forgotten can cause a world of extra to do's um, so the natural thing is to say oh well we just did this one thing one time well really it's it's more of a mindset that you've got to get when you're when you're increasing and ratcheting up your speed you also have to make sure you've got a way of checking checking your configurations checking your policies to make sure once you're done uh, did i forget anything uh and we we're actually working with some cool new technologies which you might hear about in the next uh couple uh, marketing reach outs but uh there is help is on the way and and these, our clients aren't the only ones facing these
1: challenges. Yeah, it was interesting just how, like, cloud security came to the forefront when we went into COVID because, A, like, there's the common misconception that just because you're moving to the cloud, everything's more secure. Yeah. Then you, you know, get things moved to the cloud. Then we go and everyone works from home. And then immediately people are able to take advantage of the misconfigurations that we're seeing. And it kind of creates this gap of, like, how do we assess these misconfigurations? Like, how do we assess the security of the cloud? And then how do we kind of move forward to filling those holes? Um, so that's why, like, this month with Arcon, like, with the webinar and stuff, everything, everything, like, content-related has just been around cloud security because it's, it's the forefront of just, like, what we're seeing in the industry, even from a tech perspective like myself, who's, like, in the trenches every day. Um, doing some of these configurations or helping our clients and, and even extends over to your end where you're more client facing and, and and scoping the whole industry itself versus one singular problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the, when we talk about these projects, having no security to a posture of increased security is great, but at the same time, you also have to check your work and you know, running some of the scans we're running, we're seeing stuff that's just, it's not that people didn't know to do it, Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, uh, the big cloud partners of the world—your your Amazons, you know, sorry, AWS, uh, Azure, GCP—they're not—they're not incentivized to make sure you turn on all your all your you know safety checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, there's ways of kind of scraping these environments uh, in read-only mode. At that, that kind of helps you see these things and raise them to the top so it's not like it's a consistent thing where someone forgets to check a s3 bucket or a blob storage and make sure it's checked on as encryption on but at the same time like that could be one of a thousand tasks that person's done in in a week and you're gonna have balls drop here or there where it's gonna be you know something you've got to at least pick up in an automated scan
1: yeah yeah it is kind of nuts just how fast moving tech is and it used to be like I don't know, I, I've only been in the industry for three, four years now, but it would seem like 10 years ago when I'm hearing stories about kind of how IT functioned, it was like you've got things to uh, kind of a steadier state, like we've got things in place, this should be good for a little bit, we'll revisit it later, but what like the cloud is doing and then just the how dynamic the cloud is, how dynamic some of these vulnerabilities or like hacking attempts are, it's going to show that like you no longer get to a point now where you're in a good spot, but to get to a good spot, it's... Oh, it's just having things in place that are always checking what's going on in your environment, yeah, and, specifically with the cloud.
0: And nobody wants to write policies and run books on how to how to you know spoon feed your 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 people in the trenches. But at the same time, um, you've got to have some way of tracking work. And if you're not tracking work in you know, work out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're you're leaving yourself vulnerable to I mean, even a uh, changeover in in. As much as technology changes, people change with technologies, move to different firms. Yeah. How, do you, how do you keep that tribal knowledge internal, you know, so it doesn't walk out the door when someone changes jobs or, or roles for that matter. Um, having a proper way to kind of, you know, create the policies and then also, you know, make sure the policies that are here to uh, with checks and balances is huge and because it really it saves a, it's just a little bit more of a front work but it saves mm-hmm. so much time in the back end when things do go a little si- sideways which they yeah. will but you want to minimize that risk
1: for sure yeah Min- uh, minimizing it, it seems to be what it's all about these days and like when i'm looking into or the more i learn about cloud security the more i use it um i'm starting to figure out it's it's like multi-layered so you have the layer of just misconfigurations that are done uh by like the it staff Then you have more of a second layer where it's just the uh, transfer of knowledge between even just that IT staff of who set it up. And then it goes all the way down to the end user who wasn't trained properly of how to report if a vulnerability is exploited or even know how to identify it. So now we're seeing like different layers to it. And and the whole situation just seems a lot more dynamic now.
0: Yeah. And the more the more human touch points you can take out of a process the better. Uh, you're gonna see a lot more APIs driving Power BI uh, reports, um, which is funny because it's that's kind of making a, a hum, you know, making your average non non-technical, non-dev person um, a report builder, which mm-hmm. is great, but you're only as good as your data is good. Uh, so it's nice you do take out the human element of someone you know configuring each cell in a spreadsheet. Instead you're just driving that API to a to an aggregator. Um, which is great, but then again, you know, how do you check that system and is that system passing stuff that you shouldn't be passing from source to, to aggregated, uh, outside environment, whether that's, um, a Power BI instance in this case or, or other, uh, because you never know what's out there listening, uh, leveraging your, your information and your information's key, uh, because that's, you know, an advantage to a lot of other actors out there, and, you know, looking to breach.
1: Yeah. So we've touched on how misconfigurations really can cause a lot of vulnerabilities in your environment and then the importance of visibility into your environment to kind of spot trends of where you could be vulnerable in the future, kind of what you need to lock down more. But at this point in the game with how dynamic things are in the IT world, like what is the end user's responsibility? So, yeah, it doesn't
0: stop with with dashboarding and, and seeing what's still, you know, not locked down. And also, like you said, um, the actual recipe to get there with security the human human is by far by far the most overlooked um, importance in your in your in your it security posture if your humans aren't your humans <laughs> if your if your, your human capital is not properly trained it doesn't matter what you do cuz all it takes is one errant thumb drive or somebody clicking on the the old amazon um you know you've got a gift card waiting click here to find out you you know to confirm your mailing address that kind of that kind of thing is often overlooked and even the smartest people on it security teams get get fooled by by social engineering i think social engineering is i mean you i think sean and you sean you talked about the you know security awareness already in a previous podcast but it you'll still pick off people who are seasoned vets in it for that reason because the actors are changing as fast, you know, as, as you catch up to the vectors attacking you, they change and it's a cat and mouse game that never really ends.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree. A lot of the the phishing attempts that we're seeing, we've talked about kind of like email phishing in the past, yeah. um, but like the phishing attempts we're seeing is just how customized it's becoming. Like even when I was on help desk and I'd be answering calls, I'd answer it and uh, people would know uh are employees within Archon and yeah. ask me directly to speak with them. And and at first it sounds a bit convincing. Obviously with repetition you start being able to spot them easier. But it's just crazy how you can get a call from someone that knows three people in your company and just wants to be transferred. That's kind of how it starts. It doesn't take much to map
0: that data out there and there so many people are leaving trails on social media, whether it's personal or business. Um, it it you really you gotta you gotta just assume that your information's out there. So you have to have checks and balances on your, on your people with policies and just good, good training and refreshing the training frequently to keep, you know, keep up to date with the the fishing that's coming in. Uh, It'll go, it'll go miles to save, to save on, on breaches. And we see those breaches from customers because our SIM and and SOC solutions are reporting on, on them every day. And you will see bad, you know, People that don't take it seriously are usually the same leaderboard winner. You know, they win the contest every month for the most, you know, the most blocked attempts. At, yeah, That stuff that's flagged.
1: Yeah, the it's just how fast things move. How it customized it's crazy. Have you, have you seen All the President's Men? I have not. So there's a part at the beginning of All the President's Men. I was watching it this weekend. They get they get a name of someone to look into that kind of like started Watergate. It's like the first name they get and. He gets the name and immediately just starts talking to people that are that are within his newspaper. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was just when I was watching, it, it was crazy to see that like when they got the name, they were so excited about it, but they still couldn't do anything with that information. Where like when I come to work today, I can have someone call me up that has no idea who I am, but they know like. Everyone I work with, what my name is, what my role is. Like, they can find me on social media platforms to get an, like a peek into my personal life. And it's just like a snap of the finger. You have so much information. Right yeah. There. I would,
0: for those that are out there that love this stuff, um, including creating spaghetti charts and click the dots of, of <laughs> the old 80s sitcom where they've got the yarn at the yeah, police yeah. <laughs> department. I, I wish it was that. I'm pretty sure it's not even that hard today to get all, half this information on uh, someone's Instagram feed or LinkedIn profiles. You know, talking about what they're up to, but uh, I would I would read a book called uh, one of the best books on this topic I've read over the years is uh, Ghost in the Wires by Kevin Mitnick, uh, who actually was kind of like one of those catch me if you can guys mm-hmm. that movie with Tom Hanks and uh, DiCaprio. Uh, it, it's a really good insight on how easy it is to s- social engineer people with just general stuff like fake emails about y'all you know, your dentist appointments do and like who who knows what their dentist email domain is yeah. Uh, and those things are just the good hackers out there and the good social engineers will get that information. You just don't want to be the low-hanging fruit. So it's not really a, a pitch of fear to our customer base. At the same time, you kind of want to, you know, make sure you don't leave your keys in the car and then say, how come my car keeps getting stolen?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just the base level of what, like, the end user responsible or what the end user is responsible for. It just, like, kind of keeps on raising as time goes on. And even though there's going to be, you know, antiviruses and certain measures, like, uh, know before training that could be put underneath the responsibility to kind of protect anything that falls out there's still at the end of the day like things are moving quicker people have more information it's just kind of easier to get tricked by this yeah style. it's
0: accelerated fast and uh, it's only getting faster so you yeah know, you, you, you can't be out there racing on old tires you gotta at least keep pace with the market and you know we do have some cool stuff coming out that I know our our, our CISO Chris Hankey's working on I don't want to you know, front run too much, because then he's going to be uh, expediting the product mm-hmm. development and testing. But SASE is something that's coming up more and more, where as the workers are now working from home and, and you're moving the workers from a corporate headquarter or a satellite office to the edge, which is their home, the security posture and policies and virtual, you know, conditions have to then follow those users to home because you don't know what someone's going to do on a home computer yeah. if they don't get issued a, a laptop from corporate. And there's a lot of things you can push out to the edge uh, much like, much like we've done in other things in the data center, uh, same concept, but instead of you know being you know your rack protecting everything that hits it from the you know the the drops uh, hitting it at the top of the rack switch, at the same time you can protect your users from hitting stuff on the outside that's looking to get into the corporate information that's also on that endpoint. So more to come on that, but uh, yeah, it's everything's going out to the edge because that's where the users are, and you have to protect them at the edge.
1: Yeah, no, times are for, for sure changing. But so th- this episode was more just high level of cloud security, like kind of the three three staples that we identified of just kind of the end user training, the visibility into what's going on in your environment, and then just kind of looking at the misconfigurations that could have happened, you know, at the beginning or, you know, even in the middle. Our next episode, we're going to go deeper into case studies and specific things that happened in the industry uh, that could have been prevented by one of these three things just uh, being more up to par. Uh, I want to thank Derek for being on this podcast. He's going to be on the next episode with us, uh, but it's always refreshing to get uh, a different perspective than someone who who is a tech that can kind of speak on the same thing, but just have shed different light on it. So Derek, really appreciate you being on this podcast. Anytime, anytime. And I, it's
0: it's great to kind of listen to this myself because I'm, I'm keeping up to, to the trends as well.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Good job. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for the cloud security webinar that we'll be hosting soon. We'd love to see everyone join. And And tune in uh, at the end of the month for more case studies going into or going more into detail on how they could have been prevented by either better configurations, more visibility or better end user training. Thanks, guys. Thanks,
0: everyone.